The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Darkness. If you really care about the lives lost here, you should honor the lives lost and vote for a ceasefire in Palestine. Ceasefire! 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 That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Look, folks, I understand their, I understand their passion, and I've been quietly working, I've been quietly working with the Israeli government to get them to reduce and significantly get out of Gaza. What we've done and what we have, we have a chance to make this country so great. But this is our final chance. We're not going to have another shot at it because I even worry about, you know, it's 10 months before the election. I even worry about the 10 months because he has done such damage to this country. And, you know, what can he do in 10 months? You might end up in World War Three. You could end up in World War Three with his character. And then he gets up and talks like we're the devil, all of us. I mean, basically, it's MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. He doesn't even know what. If I said define MAGA, he would have no idea. Lulu, is, is Biden smart to go this hard at Trump to go, quote, full Hitler in the first week in January? I mean, I, I, I certainly expected it in the fall. I certainly expected it October, whatever. But it's really early to be doing this. Some would argue it's a little late. Things that yeah. keep me up because you, you don't have control over them. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, where are people, where are we in this? You know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified about what could possibly happen because our leaders matter. Who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit. It affects us in ways that sometimes I think people take for granted. Mika, let me ask you, how important is it that Michelle Obama uh, stays engaged from now through the election uh, and uh, having her voice, her influential voice out there? uh, Same with same with Barack Obama. How important is it that they keep that message out there is two of the most popular people, if not the two most popular people in the Democratic Party. You know, you just actually gave the reason. They're incredibly popular. They draw huge crowds. Michelle Obama has her own incredible following. And the two of them can turn out others. And, you know, a lot of people like Joe Biden needs to do this. Joe Biden needs to do that. Everybody needs to get on it. And I hope that is not the last time we see Michelle Obama. Uh, I hope we see her on the campaign trail. I hope we see uh, former President Obama. And I hope we see them galvanizing other big names, people with big followings to get involved in this election as it is the election of a lifetime. And, you know, we, we talk with Rev, uh, Reverend Al a good bit about 
the fact that uh, Joe Biden's not doing as well with black voters, with people of color as he should be. And so when you hear Michelle Obama or Barack Obama, they, they, you know, your first thought, of course, always jumps to, man, they can really help energize and inspire the most important vote in the Democratic Party. That is the most loyal vote, and that is getting black voters to the polls to save democracy again, as they did in 2020. But I look at states like Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, that Barack Obama won. And and it's not just about black voters. The, the importance of the Obamas getting out, talking to all voters in swing states, it seems to me, especially if you look at their track record, would be extraordinarily helpful. Now, to get the Obamas out there, yesterday we uh, talked on this show about uh, Barack Obama, how worried he is uh, coming into this next election. Michelle Obama, for her part, she's terrified. She's terrified. They're losing black voters. So there's your, your morning meltdown there at the end of that cold open. <laughs> the, the panel urging Barack and Michelle We've talked so often on this show about these two <laughs> forces, the Jeroboam force on the one hand, and of course the Antiochus, those coming in the spirit of Antiochus on the other. All that's brought out in this book, America Under Attack, which we make available to our viewers at no cost or obligation. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to this live stream every day, every weekday at 11.05 a.m. in the central time zone of the United States. Just go to TrumpetDaily.com or to the Rumble channel, rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily. And at Rumble, make sure you give us the thumbs up so that you can up our rating. (laughs) Speaking of ratings, they don't have much at Morning Joe. They don't have it on CNN. They have an unpopular message. They have an unpopular president that they worship. The one behind the scenes, I mean. Barack Obama. They swoon before Obama. And all they have is Trump is Hitler. I love, we played that yesterday from Chris Wallace. It's, it's so far, this is my favorite clip of 2024. That's definitely going to be at the end of the year montage. One of the ones that we produce. Because there they're discussing, you know, is it, uh, let's see, is it too early for Trump as Hitler or is it too late? I mean, if Trump is Hitler, then you go with that message. Of course, many people are. But the fact that they're even discussing it like it's a political talking point of all things. I mean, they're saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah, it's our strategy. He's not, obviously, he's not Hitler. But, you know, should we bring it up now or should we bring it up in October? Well, I guess they're bringing it up now. Brian Stelter, he made an appearance. I think this was over at MSNBC. He's off CNN because of poor ratings. But he makes an appearance to tell you how radical, how, how extreme people are that would happen to, to watch Fox News. This is clip eight 
So maybe around the edges, they'll be slightly more careful not to defame certain companies. But ultimately, they are trying to please an audience that has been so radicalized that wants to believe only the worst about anyone not named Trump. And that is the scary part. Ultimately, to me, at least, I don't know about you, Joy, to me, the scary part's not really Trump anymore. It is why the yeah. audience is so radicalized. And in this environment, the news media, we're playing tug of war. We're in the middle of a tug of war between the truth and terrible disinformation. It is not biased yeah. or partisan to tug on the side of truth. And that's swapping right. attempt. I'm worried we're going to see a lot more of that. I'm glad you brought it up. I'm worried we're going to see a lot more of that kind of attempt to intimidate and uh, and to shut people out of the public square. He's just tugging on the side of truth, Mr. Uh, Mr. Stelter. A tug of war. Ready for war. That's the January issue from last year. You can uh, subscribe to the Trumpet magazine. If you want to get tomorrow's news today, there's, again, no cost, no obligation for that either. You remember this this coffee-stained cover of uh, the January issue from last year. Listen to, this is MSNBC going full Hitler with uh, the Reverend Al Sharpton, clip four. For Donald Trump to say him reading uh, the uh, Civil War books and saying that he could have negotiated or he could see where negotiation was, it reminds me of when they asked him his favorite Bible scripture. He said all of them. Ask him what book he read. There was room to deal with the Civil War differently. And he'll say all of the books because he hasn't read anything other than this kind of Hitler theory of the big lie, throw it out there, blame it on somebody, in Hitler's case, the Jews, and then you can advance your political career. And America should not sanction that by voting for this man in Iowa or anywhere else. The Reverend Al, as uh, Rush Limbaugh used to say, the Reverend, there he is, saying that Donald Trump's the dumbest person on earth, and, and all that he reads is uh, Hitler's work, Hitler's, Hitler's writings. That's the only thing he has at his, uh, <laughs> at his night, nightstand next to the bed. He just kind of, he delves in. They want it both ways, you see. On the one hand, he's the dumbest person on earth. On the other hand, he's this kind of evil genius that, uh, that understands all of uh, Hitler's principles and philosophies. Full Hitler. That's what they've concluded. Is it too early? Is it too early to go full Hitler? Evidently not. <laughs> Listen to them. The, it, you can tell from that cold open that they're panicking. This news about Fannie Willis in, uh, in uh, Georgia. She, <laughs> she, Jesse Waters did a pretty good job summarizing this case, but here she is going after Trump, and the prosecutor that she hires is her boyfriend, who has no expertise in RICO cases, but she brings him on for almost a million dollars. The guy's married, by the way. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You can't make it up. All of these people, talk about cases again of projection, accusing Donald Trump of being evil or in it for the money or, or promiscuous or whatever. They're guilty of all of those crimes themselves. This was Jesse Waters last night, clip five. The Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney, Fannie Willis, has been accused of appointing her lover as a special prosecutor in the case against Donald Trump. DA Fannie Willis is responsible for taking Trump's mugshot, also allegedly financially benefited from hiring her lover, Nathan Wade, on that Trump case. This is according to a motion that was just filed by Wade, the co-defendant. 
Now, who is this romantic partner who Fannie Willis hired? He was just a private attorney who's never even tried a felony case. Even the Times says he has, quote, limited experience trying high-profile cases. But get this. Fannie's alleged lover has been paid nearly a million dollars in legal fees already. Who authorized the payments? Oh, that would be Fannie. Where'd she get the money? Oh, that's your money. Came from the taxpayers. They've allegedly gone on luxury vacations to Napa Valley, even taking Caribbean cruises. And Fannie isn't even denying that she's hired a guy she's sleeping with to prosecute Trump. I mean, she could go to prison for this. She, she, she's trying to put Donald Trump in prison and she's hiring her lover and paying him almost a million dollars, traveling the world with him, living large, all this lavish lifestyle. This is from uh, ABC, says that she brought on a top prosecutor she brought in to work on the case, which allegedly resulted in financial gain for both of them. They both benefited from this. They're both milking the system. They're taking tax dollars. They're taking your tax dollars and helping themselves to hundreds and, and thousands of dollars and all these luxury trips as well. Says in a court filing Monday, this was yesterday, former Trump campaign staff member Michael Roman accuses Willis of having potentially committed an act to defraud the public of honest services based on her intentional failure to disclose to alleged relationship that she allegedly personally benefited from. She didn't disclose any of this. It says here, accordingly, the district attorney and the Special prosecutor have violated laws regulating the use of public monies, suffer from irreparable conflicts of interest, and have violated their oaths of office under the Georgia Rules of Professional Conduct and should be disqualified from prosecuting this matter. <laughs> this was filed uh, just yesterday. Just yesterday. It says here, a, spokesman, a spokesperson for the Fulton County DA said in a statement to ABC News, that the office would respond through appro appropriate court filings. So no comment. Look, we'll deal with this in court. Never mind any of this. Get Trump. Get Trump. Go full Hitler on Trump. Trump is Hitler. Is it too early to get into that? No, no, no. Maybe it's too late. Maybe it's too late to go full Hitler on Donald Trump. Donald Trump's out there saying that Biden is the real insurrectionist, and that prompted this MSN headline. Trump ludicrously claims Biden is the real insurrectionist. I mean, you know there's some serious Trump derangement syndrome for MSN to use the word ludicrously in their headline. <laughs> this, is, this is straight up news I get. Trump ludicrously says that Biden's the insurrectionist. Trump, of course, is right. And that's the kind of headline that his speeches prompt. Michelle Obama is terrified. She's terrified at the prospect of Donald Trump returning to office and ruining the Obama's fundamental transformation of the United States. This is uh, from Jonathan Turley at the New York Post. You can see their lawfare strategies breaking down but you can see, again, you can see the lengths they're willing to go to to get Trump to destroy the opposition.
I mean, just so someone, uh, our uh, Canadian office sent this video from, it was a Rebel News reporter. She, he goes after someone from the regime, Justin Trudeau's regime, and look at how the security apparatus, look at how the law enforcement there, I think it happened at an airport somewhere in Canada, look at how they go after this man, this reporter who was just trying to ask a member of the regime a tough question. Play, go ahead and play that if you have it. Freeland, how come the IRDC is not a terrorist group? Why is your government supporting Islamo-Nazi? What? You've been excuse me. What are you doing? You're under arrest for assault. Why are you pushing me? You're under arrest for assault. Who are you? You're under arrest for assault. What are you talking about? Police, you're under arrest for assault. How am I under arrest? You bumped into me. You pushed into me, You bumped, I was just scrubbing. I've got my credentials here and you just bumped into me. So excuse Police. me. You're under arrest. What is your name in your badge? What is your name second. in your badge? You've been told you're under arrest. Why am I under arrest? He he blocked my way. Can you give? I'm not resisting. Take your hand out. Why am I under arrest? I'm just doing my job. Stop resisting. You don't need to resist. I don't have. You don't have to say anything. You want? You know the. You know. You know the drill. I have nothing to hide, officer. Welcome to Black Faces Canada. This is what they do to journalists. I, sh- I didn't come here to cause trouble, folks. I just came here to ask questions. You're going to have to back up a little bit, okay? They're conducting an That's my cameraman, so he's not doing anything. No, I just want to provide some space so that everybody's safe. Just as you would expect from uh, a communist regime, can't ask a, you can't ask a tough question. So the man gets arrested for assault? For that? I mean, you saw it on video. You saw the whole thing. It's the same with the January 6th protesters. They go in, they take a few, they stay within the velvet ropes because that's what insurrectionists do. They go in, they take pictures of George Washington, and then they get thrown in jail. That's what the communist regime does to the opposition. You see it all over the world. It's just shocking to see it in the United States and Canada. Pillars of democracy, some would say. Free speech, right? Freedom of the press. <laughs> they're, not, they're not talking about that in Canada at the moment. They're talking about putting that guy from Rebel News in jail for assault. This is from uh, Jonathan Turley a few days ago. As the decisions uh, disqualify and former President Donald Trump from the 2024 election work their way through the courts, A new filing in Pennsylvania seeks the same ballot cleansing by barring Republican Rep. Scott Perry. We went through this story with you uh, last week. It says here, it's only the latest effort targeting congressional candidates as Democrats seek to bar opponents as insurrectionists for questioning the election of President Biden. You just, you can't even question it. You can't, you cannot question the results of the election. If you do, you're an insurrectionist. AOC, she was on one of the the talk shows last night talking about how Clarence Thomas should be recused because his wife was part of the insurrection. (laughs) She wasn't even there on January 6th. But because of things she has said, because of what she thinks, that automatically disqualifies Clarence Thomas. Listen to AOC from uh, last evening, I think, clip six. Clarence Thomas and rather his wife, Ginny, 
participated in the events of January 6th. And now what is likely going before the Supreme Court is a judgment as to whether an event that his wife participated in, that his wife has been investigated by in the January 6th committee in, qualifies as an insurrection. And Clarence Thomas's decision on that one way or another, and overall the court's decision on that, would directly implicate his wife. And so this is just one of the most classic textbook conflicts of interest. Uh, and it would frankly be a scandal if he did not recuse. Do you think he... So thinking the election was rigged now qualifies in her mind. I mean, she's not the brightest politician in the world, but in her mind, that qualifies as being an insurrectionist. Just for Clarence Thomas's wife to say that, I think that the election was stolen. These people... <laughs> Yesterday, I went through that story, uh, the New York Times story from January 6, 2021, where it talked about Democrats refusing the accept the, to accept the results of the election in 2000, 2004, and 2016. Now, you see, you can get roughed up. Even if you're a reporter, you can get roughed up pretty good for just asking a tough question. Or in the case of uh, Clarence Thomas's wife, just believing that the election was rigged. This is from that uh, same story, Jonathan Turley. He says, uh, uh, using the 14th Amendment to disqualify candidates like Perry is consistent with Stilp's signature flag-burning stunts. But what's chilling is how many support such efforts, including Democratic officeholders from Maine's Secretary of State to dozens of members of Congress. They're all for this. Because here again, they're going full Hitler. We've got to stop Hitler. Is it too early for that? Is it too early for that message? Or maybe it's too late? Maybe it's too late. So say the talking heads. Says Representative Bill Pascrell sought to bar 126 members of Congress under the same theory for challenging the election before January 6, 2021. Similar legislation from Representative Cory Bush to disqualify members got 63 co-sponsors, all Democrats. Just take them off the ballot. Just disqualify them like they're trying to do with Trump in Colorado and Maine. Well, that's before the Supreme Court now. And uh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if the Supreme Court reverses that or if Fannie Willis, if she ends up going off to prison? Guilty of the very crimes they're trying to pin on Donald Trump. Can't make this up. (laughs) Listen to a few more words of wisdom from AOC. Consider just how rich it is for her to make this statement, clip seven. What they're using and what they're doing is taking impeachment and taking all of the most serious procedures that we have as a country, and they're learning to use it for political, they're politically weaponizing it for an election purpose, for a political purpose, and in doing so, they're putting the people of this country, everyday Americans, absolutely at the bottom of the barrel and they're putting themselves first Mm. it's a selfishness that that really endangers this country it endangers our electoral process it endangers our legal process it's deeply cynical and it's done to re-elect themselves and line their own pockets she says that she's saying that about republicans they're using the impeachment process for political purposes (laughs) says this woman who got behind two sham impeachments of Donald Trump. That totally, totally legitimate, totally legitimate, but for Republicans to even fight back, and they haven't even done it yet. 
I mean, I've said on this program plenty of times, so many of them lack the courage to fight back. To fight back. I mean, there's, there's one, one individual, I think it's in, in Missouri, where they're trying to take Biden off the ballot. I mean, heads are exploding on the left because he's retaliating. He's using a bit of lawfare himself. I'm not sure it might be a different state, but in any event, <laughs> this is a, a tweet from Charlie Kirk. It went viral a few days ago, and he's just, he's, it's a great summary of the persecution that Donald Trump has faced since 2015. He says, imagine being in President Trump's shoes for a moment on January 6th as you get word the Capitol is being swarmed. You were considered a near lock to be a two-term president in February of 2020. You delivered one of the best economies ever seen for three years before China unleashed a lab-grown virus on the planet. You warned states repeatedly of the dangers of mass mail-in voting, but Democrats forced the measures through anyways. So much of this truth. You know, at the time, people weren't giving you this message. We, we certainly did on this program and at thetrumpet.com. But look at, how much, look at how much corruption has been exposed. In just three years, following the election steal, Kirk says here, you watched, he's again putting himself in Donald Trump's shoes, you watched as uh, election officials caved to COVID fear-mongering to relax election integrity measures, violating election laws and state constitutions. You witnessed 51 intelligence officials collude with big tech to censor a bombshell story about a laptop that directly implicated Joe Biden. That was a story you'll recall that People said, had we known the truth, had it not been censored, we would have voted differently. We would have voted for Trump. Kirk says here, you campaign tirelessly to sold out arenas, crisscrossing the country with historic enthusiasm. Your opponent is a two-time failed candidate, disqualified for plagiarism, who barely survived the primary and then barely left his basement during the campaign. This is all, I mean, they talk about the big lie of believing the election was rigged. They are the big liars. It says here, you win 74 million votes, more than any other presidential candidate has ever won. You learn that somehow, somehow, 159 million people voted, the largest turnout in U.S. history, breaking the previous record by 20 million votes. The first time more than 140 million people voted and the highest percentage turnout in 120 years. Yet somehow, somehow you lose by 42,000 votes in three states among a host of irregularities, drop box scandals and controversies. And despite winning practically every bellwether county and state. See, the numbers don't lie. Democrats do. It says here, you think back and remember, they spied on your campaign, invented a fake Russia hoax, impeached you, and constantly smeared and lied about you in the media. He's, he's putting himself in Donald Trump's shoes. This is what Donald Trump has had to endure. It says, you remember that anarchists and race hustlers unleashed months of riots and chaos and a possible domestic color revolution. Summer of love. 
so much worse than what happened on January 6th. You had insurrections going on all over the country. It says here, you remember that you offered National Guard troops on January 6th, but the offer was denied by Nancy Pelosi and Muriel Bowser, the mayor of D.C., the Speaker of the House at that time. They denied Donald Trump's request to put more National Guard troops out on January 6th. Can you believe this? And they want to they put Trump in prison? It says, you remember that you said just hours before to peacefully and patriotically march. You remember everything you'd given up in your previous life to be hated, attacked, and vilified by the D.C. snakes, insiders, and elitists. Before 2015, right, Donald Trump was a celebrity. Hillary Clinton loved him. They all did. It says your own VP just fist bumped Nancy Pelosi inside the Capitol. You realize the entire D.C. cabal has conspired and plotted to hand the White House to a puppet they control. Is it any wonder why Trump might have been a little upset on January 6th? He wasn't responsible for what happened, despite what the media says. It was four years of lying, cheating, and betrayal by those who wanted to get Trump at all costs. Nevertheless, he gathered himself and released a video telling people to go home and act the illegitimate January 6th committee tried to criminalize. Then they impeached him again. Two impeachments. One of them when he's out of office. It says, despite all of it, he's decided to come back and retake the White House and finish what he started, a decision that provoked Biden's DOJ to indict him multiple times for 700 years in federal pr prison. What, who else, it says finally, who else could endure what Donald Trump has? Who else has that kind of courage, has that kind of willingness, that kind of strength to come back? And to face all of this again, you've got, all, you've got these Republican donors just pouring millions into Nikki Haley's campaign. It, it used to be DeSantis, but now it's Nikki Haley. They, and a, a lot of Democrats are behind her as well. Because they, they are worried, as you heard at the top, they're worried, they're terrified that Donald Trump might come back. So if Biden's a loser... If Biden can't win, well, let's get behind, hey, let's get behind anybody, anybody but Trump. Listen to, uh, this is Nikki Haley talking about the chaos that supposedly just follows Donald Trump around, clip two. I think President Trump was the right president at the right time. I agree with a lot of his policies, but rightly or wrongly, chaos follows him. And y'all know I'm right. Chaos follows him. And we, we can't be a country in disarray and the world on fire and go through four more years of chaos. We won't survive it. You don't fix Democrat chaos with Republican chaos. And not only that, we can't go through another nail biter of an election. We can't. She's surging. She's surging from what? 3% to 6% now. Right, notice she says, rightly or wrongly, chaos follows Donald Trump. She's, she's not even sure the, that the chaos is unjustified. 
She's not even sure if these are lawless attacks or not. She just knows that Donald Trump, he's a man where there's just chaos swirling about, and she's the solution. How do you, if you're a strong conservative thinker, how do you respond to these lawless attacks against one man? Just one individual. Get Trump. She should be outraged at what's happening in the country, at what's happening to a man on the ballot in Colorado or in Maine. All these, all these uh, indictments, 700 years to prison? That's right. They want to rough up Donald Trump, just like the Canadian regime roughed up that reporter for just having the wrong thoughts, for just asking the wrong question. Ron DeSantis, he was asked about, you know, he's put all his eggs in one basket. It's all in on Iowa, and he's not polling very well. And so they asked him, are you going to get out of the race following the Iowa caucus next week? This is clip three. That's a lie. Totally made up. And, you know, what, when people, you know, fabricate these anonymous sources and do it, what, why he's saying that is because he wants people to somehow think, oh, you know, why should I go in negative 20 degree weather to help? No, you should show up because, you know, we're the one that can get the job done for this country. Uh, but that report is categorically false. He's going to stay in the race because he's surging in the polls. He's a close second. We'll see if he even gets second. In, uh, in Iowa. What did Charlie Kirk say at the end? Who else could endure what Donald Trump has endured? They just, even the Republicans, they can't get behind him. They can't support him. They can't unify. They can't come together. Not around Donald Trump because rightly or wrongly, chaos follows Trump everywhere that he goes. Listen to Newt Gingrich. He was on with Laura Ingram last night. This is clip nine. Look, but with all respect, I'm a historian, not a lawyer. You're an attorney. The people you interview are attorneys. They actually act as though the law matters. What you're dealing with is a team that believes in the rule of power, not the rule of law. And I think you, I don't think we can imagine how prepared they are to do whatever it takes to make sure that we can't win this fall. I'm, I'm genuinely worried for the country, really for the first time in my life. I think, I think you're faced with a totally corrupt, uh, radical ideology that is prepared to, in every way it has to, use every element of power that it's got. And frankly, with the federal government, the New York state government, the yep. attorney in, in, in uh, uh, Fulton County, they have a lot of tools to bring to bear to try to destroy us because they're terrified of us. They're terrified, he's right. Michelle Obama said as much. She's terrified of the other side. So they're pulling all the arrows out of the quiver. They're unleashing, and and this is like Donald Trump said in that cold open. I mean, they still have 10 months to do a lot of damage. But they are in a, they are in panic mode. You can see it. When they talk about going full Hitler and whether or not it's early or it's late or somewhere in between, they're terrified. Listen to this is CNN actually. Just to again repeat what what Charlie Kirk uh, said. Who else could endure what Donald Trump 
has. Backing up, he said, despite all of it, he, he's decided to come back and retake the White House and finish what he started, a decision that provoked Biden's DOJ to indict him multiple times for 700 years in federal prison. CNN just published a map with its projection for the 2024 election, and this is all based on current polling. And they have Donald Trump winning the Electoral College with 272 votes. And that's, that's without Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Arizona. All those states that were stolen, those three anyway, that were stolen in 2020. At, at the moment, Nevada, Michigan, and North Carolina are all red, which would give Donald Trump enough to win. He may not even need Pennsylvania. He may not even need Arizona. He may not even need Wisconsin. This is according to CNN. CNN saying this. Despite all of this, all of these attacks, seven years of persecution, more than that, eight, nine years now, of nonstop persecution coming from the Obamas. The Obamas are spearheading it. What did Trump say in that cold open? Yeah, you know, I'm worried that the next 10 months could be horrible for the country. You can see where everything's lining up for the election in November. Who knows how many explosions we're going to be seeing, how many earth-shaking events that we're going to be seeing between now and November here in these next 10 months. I mean, look at what's happening just at the, uh, the southern border. I've had these clips on the docket for the last couple of programs. I haven't had time to uh, to play them, but this is this is Fox Business reporting on the migrants that are just pouring into New York City, and you've heard you've heard from some of the mayors, left wing mayors in New York City, in Chicago, in Denver. They're criticizing what Greg Abbott or whoever in a southern state, whatever they're doing to bus migrants all over the country, fly them elsewhere. New York City's breaking down right in front of our eyes. Listen to clip 10. The concern is that people are coming in faster than we've normally seen. It's yet to be seen how much that will cost. What I can tell you is that the crisis up to this point has cost $3 billion. And as more people come, the cost continues to go up. The issue for New York is that they're not only dealing with newly arrived migrants, they're dealing with folks that have already been in New York City housing and are now being reticketed. So all of these folks already had free housing here in New York, and then they were given eviction notices, essentially, 30 or 60 day notices telling them that they have to re, they have to leave their shelter. But because this is a sanctuary city, housing is guaranteed. So if they wait in line, they can reapply and then be rehoused. And what you're seeing is this line, which yes around the corner evicted then they get back in line then they get more free housing and New York City has to pay three billion dollars remember the story from uh, from California last week three free health care for the illegals just pouring into the state at a cost of like three billion per year and this this comes at a time when California is running a deficit or a debt load of something like 60 billion dollars it's unsustainable this path that these states are on that the country is on this is from the federalist it says more than 300,000 illegal immigrants were encountered by u.s border officials in december marking a record for the highest number recorded for a single month 
It's at a record level, the illegal immigration. 300,000 in the month of December alone. Imagine any nation on earth adding 300,000 illegal immigrants every single month. Every month it's happening. This is a, a Chicago alderman. Listen to him talking about the, the migrants that Governor Abbott is bussing up north, clip 11. We've seen the conditions worsening um, because of the um, tactics that continue to be worsening. Now we see uh, Governor Abbott even sending uh, people uh, by plane, uh, which is putting really uh, our communities not only in, at risk, but it is really uh, putting our, our whole communities at the brink of, um, of collapse. Our communities are collapsing, he says, and it's Governor Abbott's fault. In other words, Texas needs to keep all of them in Texas, I guess. I guess that's the way these people think. They love the idea of a wide open border. They love calling their city a, a sanctuary city. And then when the migrants come seeking sanctuary there, they don't want them. In the case of Eric Adams, he's busting them north. <laughs> They're coming into New York City, and then he's trying to bust them out. That's how compassionate he is. Well... They don't have space. You saw the report from Fox Business. They're evicted, and then they line up again to get the free housing to, to, to the tune of $3 billion. That's the price tag that the U.S. taxpayer, that the New York City taxpayer has to cover. Listen to Eric Adams as he blamed Governor Abbott for the, uh, all these illegal immigration curses. That's what they are. And he's just, it's so easy to just blame a Republican for their own sins. Just like Fannie Willis. Clip 13. I know you've called the Texas Governor Greg Abbott a bully for his handling of these migrants who, who crossed the border from Mexico into Texas. A spokesperson for him, for the governor, accuses you of hypocrisy, saying you too have bussed migrants north away from New York City. How do you respond? Well, it's totally inaccurate. Um, we have, uh, we're fixing the problem that he created. There are many people who came to New York City who wanted to go to other municipalities and they didn't have any other choice. Uh, Governor Abbott made it clear he was going to target cities like Chicago, Denver, New York. And just on uh, the inauguration day of the Philadelphia mayor, he sent a plane load there. So he's targeting cities. It's all Governor Abbott's fault. Targeting cities. Yeah, these migrants, they don't want to be in New York City where they get free housing. They don't want to be in a sanctuary city in New York. And so, so Eric Adams buses them elsewhere. He does effectively what Greg Abbott is doing. They're all doing it. They're spreading out over the whole country. It's exactly what Obama wants. It's all part of the fundamental transformation. And here's all the finger pointing. And not one, not one of them's pointed at Joe Biden or Barack Obama. Listen to the regime's spokesperson. This is clip 12. The president put forth it forward a comprehensive immigration plan because he believed that the, the system is broken, the immigration system is broken, and it's been broken for decades. The president took this very seriously on day one. <laughs> He's taken this very seriously, very seriously with four R's. The, the immigration issue. Last month, 300,000. It was a record month. The Federalist continues saying 
saying, according to the Customs of and Border Protection sources who spoke to Fox, more than 302,000 migrants were documented attempting to cross the U.S. southern border. I mean, these are the ones they've encountered. Forget about the ones that just make it through without being noticed. It says here, totaling more than 785,000 illegal encounters in the first quarter alone, December's numbers signify the first time CBP has engaged more than 300,000 illegals in a single month. And it says here, while the former figure is larger than the population of Seattle, which uh, as of July 2022 hosts roughly 749,000 people, the latter is enough to fill America's largest football stadium almost three times, according to the Daily Signal, just every month. Hundreds of thousands of illegals. This one comes from the Epic Times. The Department of Veteran Affairs predicts the agency's case backlog will peak at 400,000 in 2024. So a report from the U.S. from DHS, which said VA resources have been used to process claims for medical care of illegal immigrants since 2020 is causing backlash from several legislators and veterans agencies. The Department of Veterans Affairs, the resources, the funding that goes to our veterans even, they're having to redirect that toward illegals, of all things. And of course, you've got all the stories about crossing the, the, thor- the 34 billion, sorry, the 34 trillion dollar threshold for the federal debt. The Boston Globe writes that it's worse Then it looks a more meaningful ratio is the government's debt to the government's own income. It says federal revenue, nearly all of which comes from taxes. That is an apples to apples terms, a fundamental principle in finance. Indeed, every investment bank teaches this principle to its new analysts on day one. It says if if we look at government revenue more realistically, the picture changes. Instead of a federal debt ratio of approximately 120% of GDP, we can see that it is 750% of annual federal revenue. The first ratio gives the illusion that the problem, while large, is still numerically within manageable limits. The second lays bare the extent to which the situation is out of hand. It says, finally, the debt amounts to more than seven years of the government's entire revenue. What happens, you see? What ha- well, we've already seen what happens when you just print trillions and trillions of dollars. You have runaway inflation. But what happens when those investors abroad pull their money out of America's future? The collapse. It's like Herbert Armstrong says in the U.S. and Britain in prophecy. I mean, the higher up you go, the harder the fall will be. That's what America is facing. If you don't have a copy of the United States and Britain in Prophecy, make sure that you call our operators today. The 800 number, you can see it there on your screen, one 930 When we come back, we'll conclude today's show with some email feedback that has come in in recent uh, weeks. You're listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. One third of your Bible is prophecy, and 90% of it is for our time today. This is why when you study Bible prophecy, you often read statements like, in that day, in the last days, 
and at the time of the end. Biblical prophecy is what makes the Bible so relevant to today, so essential to understanding our modern world. Most people, even in the world of religion, assume that nations like Britain, America, Germany, Russia and China are not mentioned in Bible prophecy. But if prophecy is mainly for our time today, how could the Bible ignore some of the most powerful and prominent nations of today? The key to understanding prophecy is knowing the biblical identities of modern nations. Learn about these identities in Herbert W. Armstrong's book, The United States and Britain in Prophecy. In this book, you will learn about the astonishing identity of the American and British people in biblical prophecies. Request your free copy today, The United States and Britain in Prophecy. The email address, if you would like to submit some feedback to the show, that's td at thetrumpet.com. You can also leave comments at the Rumble channel. Just go to rumble.com forward slash trumpet daily. And if you visit the channel, make sure you give us the thumbs up rumble as well. One of our viewers says, newness 2024, thank you for your anchoring truth and exposing the twisted evils of the leftist communist. God will prevail. Yes, indeed. That's, uh, that's in America under attack as well. It gives you God's perspective of what is happening in Israel today. And it also shows you God's solution. It says here, thanks for everything you do. You always tell the truth when others seem content with telling lies. Thanks for mentioning that the Biden economy is only doing well because they are printing Money, <laughs> printing money. Yes, I, I really didn't set up that last story well enough where it just talked about, you know, how economists, they try, how the Biden people, Bidenomics, right? How they play with the numbers to make it seem like it's, uh, it's better than it is. But $34 trillion when the U.S. only takes in about $5 trillion or so a year in, in revenue, in, in taxes, how do you pay that down? How do you think of the world? Assuming the world was just going to go on for generations to come. Look at what we're leaving to our children and their, their children. This one here says, Friday's show was so riveting. And your staff, including in particular Sam Livingston, did a great job, a great work. Sometimes I even felt I was there in person Remembering all the things that happened just last year. This is in response to the uh, end of the year mega montage that we had a couple weeks ago or a week and a half ago. It says, what must God be thinking about this country and the evil going on? It's just unfathomable. I'm not looking forward to 2024, but with the help of the Trumpet Daily, the Philadelphia Church of God, and the Key of David, I'll, uh, I'll get through. This is... Uh, Another one in response to that montage. Thank you and your staff for putting together an excellent 2023 end of the year montage. Good for us to see all the pertinent events of this past year. Even, even so sad as these events were and what people can do to other people. And you just see that more and more on your news feed, your Twitter uh, feed. 
just people committing horrific acts of violence against one another. Herbert Armstrong used to talk about <laughs> love toward God and love toward fellow man. Paul prophesied in 2 Timothy uh, 3 about us lacking even a natural affection, you know, for our own family, for those that we should be closest to. We really and truly are in those dangerous or perilous times that the Apostle Paul spoke of. We're leading up to times of great tribulation that Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24 and elsewhere. It says here, the segment on crime and violence brought tears to my eyes to see people treat other human beings with such hatred by beating them, throwing them on the train tracks, just breaking into places of business, human nature just out of control. And then it says, I loved how the montage ended with the voice of Herbert W. Armstrong, a man ahead of his time. The quote you played was like, he was right there in real time talking to us. He was right. We have a brochure that goes by that name. You can, again, call our operators or go to the website, thetrumpet.com, and secure all of our free literature. Another one here says, greetings, TD team. Great start for the, the war year ahead of us. I watch the show every weekday as it is part of my uh, conversion. The things I learn about Bible prophecy are very helpful and sobering. It's so wonderful to see the light you emanate uh, shine through uh, the darkness. One final one here says, you did an incredible job on the montage and I thank you for your daily broadcast. The montage made me feel angry and frustrated as the media have it all wrong and upside down and too many people are believing them. Well, that's why we're here, <laughs> to cut through all of the noise, all of the lies, and to give you not just the truth, but God's perspective on the news. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show, and we'll see you again tomorrow. <laughs>